This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Xu Haoliang, Assistant Secretary General from the United Nations in the Responsible Business Forum 2017 on Sustainable Development. We discuss the key goals for Asia-Pacific and how to align the different stakeholders and measure their impact and success. Hi, Haoliang. Hi, how are you, Bernard? I'm well. Thank you so much for taking this interview of your busy schedule. It's my pleasure. Yes, and I am now actually in Marina Bay Sands and actually this is really my first time and I'm very honoured to actually have Xu Haoliang, Assistant Secretary General for the United Nations and Director Regional Bureau to Asia and the Pacific. And uh, it's actually because there's a responsible business forum and you all want to talk about the sustainable development yes. goals with UN and business and different stakeholders from yes. government agencies and yeah. NGOs as well. So I want to start to first talk to you to get to know you better. How did you start your career? My first education was in China, actually. I was in engineering. I graduated from Tongji University with a major in bridge engineering. Later on, you know, I went to the United States to re-educate myself. I got degrees in management science and also in international relations. So I did a lot of internships during my studies, and uh, one of these internships turned into a short-term uh, position at the UN. And then that's how I started, and you know, it took me many years to establish myself, uh, but uh, uh, now it's uh, over 20 years I've been working for the UN. So right. specifically across your career in UN, what have you done before you get to your current position? Yeah, I started at a very junior level, right, and uh, I worked my way you know, up you know, uh, over the last uh, 22, 23 years. And initially, I worked in the field, you know, in the country offices. In fact, half my career was in the field assignments. I worked in uh, Kazakhstan you know, uh, twice, first as a junior officer, later as a UN representative. I also worked in Iran, uh, in East Timor, and in Pakistan as UNDP deputies. And later, I went to New York. Uh, I, I did my stints as a... Uh, the deputy director, regional director for Europe and the Commonwealth of Independent States, the former Soviet Union, and then became the director of UNDP for Asia and the Pacific. Mm. So that's uh, what I've done. And it's interesting, right, because you've right. been on the field, you see the first hand what are some of the most interesting issues, and I think some of these regions are pretty difficult. And uh, you came from Shanghai, China, from yes. what I understand, yes. before we this interview. I guess one thing I want to learn is throughout your career journey, what are the interesting lessons you can share with my audience? Yeah. No, I think uh, it's very interesting. You know, this is very important question, I think, for people from Asia, you know, right? Because Asian people try to work very hard, right? Don't talk a lot, you know, and uh, just wait for boss to, bosses to recognize uh, them. But I think that's actually, you know, not going to work, you know, in an organization such as the UN, you know, whose organizational culture is the Western, you know, it's quite you know, Anglo-Saxon in that sense. So as Asians, I think it's very important that, you know, first, you clearly you need to work hard, right? You need to establish a good, you know, professional reputation, right? But at the same time, you need to understand the organizational culture, that you need to let people know your capabilities, right? what you can do and what you have achieved you know, in your different positions. And that means really speak out right, when uh, an opportunity presents you know, itself. And also you need to network. You network you know, and uh, 
in uh, uh, Chinese we say you cannot ask for Buddha's help once you need Buddha's help, right? It's the same thing. You need to build a network. And also I think the lesson learned is that you have to build a network of all kind of you know, uh, colleagues, your supervisor, your peers, and your subordinates. You cannot just uh, only you know, uh, try to build a good relationship, relationship with your bosses. Right? That's not good enough. It's not going to work. So many lessons. Work hard, network, and speak out. That's pretty good advice for, I think, Asians out there because we don't tend to express ourselves very well. And I think moving on with us actually being more and more educated, I think this is something that we will eventually evolve towards. But today, I want to talk about something much more really interesting. I think it's regarding the sustainable development goals and the United Nations role into helping to shape these goals and getting different stakeholders to be involved. I think what I'm, I want to basically start off by saying I'm sure everyone of my listeners know what the United Nations are. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask the first question is, can you introduce the United Nations' current coverage in Asia and the Pacific? And what's your role and coverage as the Assistant Secretary General to the UN? Sure, thank you. And I'm working for an organization called the United Nations Development Program, and uh, in short, the UNDP, right? It's uh, the UN's largest uh, development organization. And we cover 36 countries in Asia-Pacific. We have uh, 25 field offices uh, in different countries. Some of them cover multi-country presence. In addition to UNDP, the UN development system as such has many other agencies. Some are well-known, such as UNICEF, UNESCO, WHO, and some others. Our work focuses on promoting agenda of sustainable development. That is really, you know, you know, nobody should be left behind in terms of, you know, in poverty, you know, uh, in a, a marginalized situation, right? Uh, living in a condition that's environmentally not sustainable and so forth. So I think this is essentially what we try to achieve, you know, working with governments, with private business, with NGOs, and with academia and so forth. Right? There's this way of thinking about uh, sustainable development. I mean, I probably know uh, John Elkington's model of the triple bottom line, and I'm sure that there are a lot of different other uh, models of sustainable development. I just want to get it, because you're on the ground, you deal with the real issues, and you talk to the real stakeholders that are involved in the issue. How do you define sustainable development from your perspective? In fact, uh, the governments of the world, the membership of the United Nations, made a very good definition of this in 2015 through what's called uh, uh, Sustainable Development Goals. There are 17 such goals. But in language that uh, we can understand, I would say that that can be uh, categorized into five Ps. You know. uh, one is uh, uh, for uh, people, okay? a set of goals that uh, address the well-being of people, right? such as health, education, right, inequality, gender equality, and so forth, right? So this is about people's well-being. And then another set is about the prosperity, you know, right? the economic growth, right, and the sustainable consumption. And uh, uh, some of the uh, fundamental uh, economic growth issues that are critical for uh, the well-being of people, right? So this is about uh, prosperity, right? And then you also have a set of goals about the planet, right? The planet, so the, uh, the environment goals, climate change, biodiversity, and uh, a lot of issues that go into uh, this uh, set of goals, okay? 
And then you also, and some other uh, issues that I, uh, I didn't mention, but are important, uh, are urbanization, for example. Right? People understand urbanization is a big trend. Right? That goes into the issue of uh, prosperity, right? uh, consumption, and so forth. Another set of uh, issues relate to uh, peace. There's so many conflicts that are in really you know, uh, hurting people today, right? Have root causes in lack of development, for example, right? The poor governance, the corruption, right? The lack of care by officials, you know, for their citizens and so forth. So, a lot of these kind of issues are dealt with, you know, uh, as, uh, under the rubric of peace. You know. Then the final P is about partnerships to achieve the 17 goals, right? and there are 169 sub goals. Right? So no governments can do this alone, right? So the partnerships about working together, the whole society, you know, the, the donors, the, the developing country governments. Right. The private sector and the public sector and so forth, so we needed to work together. You know. So these are the five P's that define you know, sort of, uh, the framework for sustainable development today. So that's interesting. Right. And since we are in right. the Responsible Business Forum, right. I want to ask a little bit deeper. Right. Is right. What kind of problems are the people within this conference are trying to tackle within Asia? I mean, we talk about poverty, right? Bringing the unbanked online. We can talk about water, the access to clean water, sanitation, I think this right. is, and also prosperity you mentioned it, and of course dealing with war, with the recent issues that are happening in Myanmar, for example. What are the key problems that you all try to address, but the, in a more specific way in yeah. Asia? Yeah, you know, this forum, you know, we are here uh, to, to organize, you know, uh, in the next three days, is called the uh, Responsible Business Forum, right? It is about businesses' involvement in sustainable development, it is about engaging private sector and business in general to participate and contribute to the achievement of the sustainable development goals. And what do we mean by that? And typically, when we talk about the business, okay, we know they are creating jobs, right? They are, uh, you know, paying taxes and uh, and they are doing uh, corporate social responsibilities. But what uh, we are saying is that, together with our partners, is that you know, the private sector engagement in, in sustainable development can go deeper. You know, we, for example, not only should focus on CSR activities, which means you know business helping with communities with access to water, sanitation, right, and uh, micro business and so forth. But what we are saying is that business actually should make sustainability you know, part of their business strategy. That means when they uh, do uh, financing, right? when they do purchasing, right? when they make investment decisions, right? they consider long-term contribution to uh, the well-being of society, to uh, materialization of uh, basic human rights, right? and, and also uh, uh, for the long-term sustainability of the planet you know, as part of their business strategy. And we say this is good for business. Because uh, this has something to do with, for example, in things that people can understand, reputational issues, right? Now, uh, a lot of global movements focus on companies that uh, do not practice sustainability principles, or they violate labor, you know, uh, human rights, for example, right? So I think making sustainability part of the business strategy is good for business. You know, uh, it is good for their reputation, good for uh, customer loyalty, right? Good to uh, keep loyal employees, you know, in companies that have upbeat, you know, uh, sustainability uh, uh, strategies and so forth. There are so many aspects we are talking about, but in short, this forum is about engaging business, you know, in development. 
you, you mentioned about business engaging in uh, corporate social responsibility, CSR, and I think right. that um, I think one company that always comes to my mind is Apple. Mm-hmm. I think in the early days where they are actually having the workers in China, in Foxconn factories, right, they have issues. I think they have gradually moved towards educating those young workers, they're building a better work conditions, and I think they also, on their own selection of the materials in building their products, they have actually uh, gone through, I think, about a seven to eight year effort, and I think now they're getting into proper standards. Yes. Another example is the garment industry in Bangladesh, right. right? The labor standards, working conditions. Mm-hmm. We see more and more, more and more of this. And one of the issues, specific issues we try to work on through these you know, discussions at the forum mm-hmm. uh, is the question of financing for development. Mm-hmm. Right? Because estimates show that you need a trillions and trillions of dollars every year to achieve SDGs. Right? And this is not the kind of financing the governments, the public sector financing can provide. You know? So we're talking about really how you know, private and the public sector can work together through innovative means of financing, such as blended financing, right? the grants and the loans coming together, you know, through uh, impact investing, right? you're focusing on really social environment impact of the uh, investment decisions, and the green bonds, you know, and the uh, Islamic financing even, right? using really, uh, we have a lot of countries in the country uh, practice Islamic finance principles. How can we you know, turn billions into trillions? Right? And in ways that really you know, focus on um, the long-term well-being of society and the planet. You know. So these are the issues we're also going to talk about today. Mm. I, I think what is interesting mm. to me is mm. you mentioned about mm. businesses, you mentioned about UN's role towards mm. it, and mm. also uh, NGOs and mm. governments. Mm. I, I guess one interesting mm. question I, I want to mm. ask is, how do we actually align these different stakeholders? Because right. I think mm. it's, a, it's like, for example, tackling properties and pretty complicated issue, right? Mm-hmm. There are different uh, perspectives to that. How do you get the different stakeholders in these, within this forum to actually say, okay, this is how we're going to set the goal, this is how we're going to make sure that all of your interests are aligned, mm-hmm. for example? No, it's a very good question. I think, as I said earlier, to achieve this uh, agenda of sustainable development, development, you need a partnership. And that takes the governments, the international organizations such as the UNDP, and the uh, private sector, the society, you know, and so forth, right? But each has a different role to play, and but they need to be aligned, right? For governments, for example, they need to be the guardians of the sustainable development goals, right? Because it's, it is the governments who agreed to achieve these goals, right? So they need to keep a focus on this. But they can also uh, help create a, a policy environment for businesses to invest in a way that is uh, uh, supportive of sustainable development, for example, right? Uh, they can have policies that encourage investment in certain fields, such as uh, renewable energy. And they can uh, create uh, conditions to support micro and small businesses, right? to include the people who are normally you know, not banked, right? who do not have access you know, to uh, uh, business opportunities, through government procurement policy, for example. Right? And uh, the government can also be the enforcer of uh, laws and uh, regu- rules and regulations, right? And so, so governments have roles to play, right? The UN, for example, also has roles to play. For example, you know, we should also be the guardians of the SDGs, right? The UN is the guardian of universal principles, right? We can also be the platform to bring different partners together. We, can, we have a network across the countries, across the regions in the world, right? We can bring good practices from one country to learn lessons and apply these lessons elsewhere, and scale them up. 
So we can be the broker of knowledge and be the uh, facilitator. We can also work with partners to work on issues of policy, to create a conducive environment, policy environment, for uh, business engagement in uh, development. And of course, business, right? Business, we talk about, they can do so many things, right? We did studies in the Philippines, for example, which mapped the investment of 70 big companies to see how they support SDGs. The study showed that these 70 companies have invested $850 million that can be regarded as contributing to SDGs, right? So we have different roles to play, but we needed to work in tandem, you know, right, with the same goal. You know. Yeah, that, that comes to the next point, right? How do you actually measure the performance and the impact of these goals? I think maybe it's, it's kind of trying to quantify them right. in that sense. Right. Uh, it's a very important question, okay. For the uh, achievement of the sustainable development goals in general, there's an indicators framework of uh, 230 indicators. Okay. The government have said, okay, these are 230 indicators that will measure uh, the 169 sub-goals right, and the, the 17 overall goals. Some of these uh, have a very clear methodology and the baseline and the means of collection. Right? Some, some of them have qualitative indicators, but are not very clear you know, uh, baseline, for example. And some of the in- indicators uh, have not even uh, a framework on how to uh, define and uh, collect the data. So this is a big picture issue. You know? But uh, for uh, business engagement, of course, then there's also a question, how do you measure the business's impact right, uh, on sustainable development. This actually is a major research agenda that UN, UNDP included, uh, is working uh, together with academia. Right? For example, how do you uh, certify businesses that have done a good job? Right? So what indicators goes into uh, defining whether businesses are doing well? So there are a lot of work is going there, okay? For example, uh, Singapore, I think, uh, stock exchange is going to make sustainability reporting a mandatory requirement for companies that are listed on the stock exchange, for example. So that will force all of us to uh, think about okay, what you know, is the measure of success right, for business engagement in sustainable development. So I don't have a definitive answer, but uh, a lot of people will talk about this in this forum. You know, there are specific discussions about it. And uh, so uh, let's keep an eye on this. You know. I thought I just had right. one more question. Sure, How please. do you see the role of technology in helping you to deal with these sustainable goals? Do you see it in more positive or do you see yeah. that maybe there needs to be more caution to yeah. put technology to use with these goals? I think we are generally very optimistic about the role of technology you know, in development. I think uh, uh, the recent experience of uh, uh, developments have shown that technology has been a multiplier you know, and a facilitator of solutions. You know, as, you know, there are worries about the impact of technology to marginalize you know, certain groups of people. But overall, I think uh, you know, it has been very positive. You see uh, countries, uh, uh, so-called leapfrog, right? the stage of, stages of development uh, in terms of uh, mobile technology, for example. Right? You know, many countries skipped the uh, fixed you know, set, telephone set to go to mobile, right? And uh, in terms of energy, many countries now still don't have uh, uh, access to uh, uh, energy, right? So I think in Asia-Pacific, there's one billion people who do not have access to, you know, uh, uh, sustainable uh, to, uh, energy, right, in sure. principle. So you have opportunity to skip the uh, grid because the investment of a normal grid is very expensive, right? In harder-to-reach area, you cannot go there. 
you have renewable solutions that can you know uh, offer you know uh, solution. So I think uh, there's so many uh, aspects that are uh, uh, positive, but there are worries, right? For example, displacement of people by uh, artificial intelligence by robots, right? So, uh, but again, you know, experience have shown that these uh, disruptive technologies create new opportunities. So I think we need to look at this again in totality. I guess in a more holistic right. way, in right. the way you're thinking about right. it right. as well. Right. I, I just have one last question sure. before we go. Sure, sure. Where do you see the development of these sustainable development goals go in the next uh, two to three years? Where do you think the direction would be heading? Is it towards more towards thinking about tackling prosperity, uh, tackling and bringing unbanked or trying to uh, build better environment, or even could be climate change as well yeah. to the agenda. Yeah, I think where things will go, you know, will be influenced tremendously by what we're seeing in the world, okay? And the people are thinking very deeply now about uh, what's going wrong with the world, right? We have unprecedented number of people, you know, living uh, uh, as refugees, 65 million people, right? We have uh, more than 200 million people who do not, do not have jobs, right? We have uh, billions of people today to, who do not have access to energy, to clean uh, water and the sanitation, right? And we have uh, we see the uh, the rising of violent extremism, right, in different countries, you know, in different regions, right? So people are asking, okay, when uh, the world, you know, uh, economy has developed significantly, we have seen unprecedented level of prosperity, right? We have seen unprecedented decline of extreme poverty across the board, right? But we also see rising inequality and all these phenomena are described. So what, why, right? So I think people are asking these questions and people see you know, sustainable development, right? That is really a more equitable, right? More inclusive development, right? As a way of solving some of these, you know, uh, difficult challenges. So, uh, so what I see is that there will be more and more consensus about the issue of inclusion, about the need for sustainability, for the future generations, okay? I will see more convergence on resilience, building resilience to deal with the shocks you know, that we're facing, whether it's man-made or it is natural disasters. So that's what I see, really inclusive, uh, inclusiveness, sustainab- sustainability, and also resilience. I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come to the right. closing, and thank you for sure, your insights, sure. Haoliam. Right. Can you recommend, in closing, I want to ask two questions. Can you recommend a book, podcast, right. or something that helped you in your work or personal right. life Right. I don't know. I think uh, I've not really read a lot of books, you know, uh, ashamedly. You know. But uh, I've been reading a couple of books recently, not about my work, you know, but about uh, life, I would say. We're all from Asia, you know. Uh, how do we deal with uh, education of children, right? It's something that's always on my mind. I have a very young son, you know, who I think is quite talented, you know, but uh, also quite uh, rebellious, you know, right? So how do you deal with that, right? Because uh, from uh, Asian parents' point of view, we want children to listen to us. Why cannot you just listen to me, right? I have the wisdom. I know what's good for you, right? But uh, the children have minds of their own, right? And they have their own personality. You know? So how do we understand them and channel their you know, energy you know, right, to uh, the positive growth? You know? I think it's something that uh, you know, I... I pay attention to, you know, just because of my own situation, right? And I'm traveling a lot. I'm not at home, so I'm very worried about his growth, right? So, and uh, and I, I can see that, you know, forcing him to listen to me is, won't work. You know? So that's why I'm studying. Mm. So you're right. actually reading a book on educating our children. Uh, so could it de- how to deal with the gifted and talented, you know, 
children. There are quite a few books in this field. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, right. uh, well, in the, in, the, in the same line of thinking about education, I thought that there is a, it's a, it's a pretty interesting topic to think about as well. I would probably ask my last question. Sure. Uh, how do my audience find you? I am present you know, on social media. I have a Twitter account. I also have a Weibo account, and uh, I'm on Weixing networks, of WeChat, course, right? Yes. WeChat, right? Networks, you know. And uh, but the NDP itself, you know, in Asia Pacific, we have a very strong media and you know, uh, social media presence, you know, uh, Facebook, you know, Instagram, and uh, Twitter, of, of course. And uh, for this responsible business forum, there's a specific Twitter handle called uh, responsible underscore. Biz, you know, mm-hmm. so you can uh, the audience can really find us you know, uh, on social media quite easily. Sure, and yeah, I'll put right. that onto it. Right. Uh, yeah. You can find me at Bernard Leung or at BernardLeung.com, or you can subscribe to us at Analyze Asia A N A L Y S E Asia. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast, TuneIn, and of course Google Play in the US market. Um, if you have any feedback from me, tweet to me, and of course, if possible, give us a five star rating on iTunes, and that will help us to be discovered easily or recommend us with a star on Overcast. Thank you. Most importantly, uh, uh, Hao thank you so much for giving me this time and having this interesting conversation with you. It's my pleasure. Very nice talking to you. Great. Thank you.